This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with MLB.com Rays reporter Bill Chastain. This week on the podcast, we're going to go inside the Rays outfield, see what the team can look forward to in 2017. And of course, that includes the newest addition to this Rays roster, and that's Colby Rasmus. But first, Bill, let's get bold here on the podcast. With a little over a month to go before spring training, I'm looking for a bold prediction. We're getting these from uh, every team, every writer we have at MLB.com, all the beat writers around the league for their teams. What's the bold prediction for this Rays team between now and the kickoff of spring training? Well, my bold prediction is not probably the, the sexiest one that the fans would like to hear, but looking at the Rays' position, I think this is the time when they trade one of their starters, you know, one of the higher money-making starters, and go out and, and pluck one of the top prospects from one of the organizations. Um, you know, I mean, they've gotten players in the past this way. This is how a team like the Rays, other than drafting them, can get a major impact guy, maybe a catcher even. Um, and, you know, it just depends on how desperate some of these teams that feel like they need that extra starter to get where they want to go this season uh, will pay. I know uh, Peter Gammons had a big thing about uh, uh, what the Rays had turned down from Houston, so they're not, they're not going to just go easily as far as if, if such a deal is offered. So they, if they do make this deal, I think it's going to be a big impact-type guy. And, you know, if the fans are following this, I think the, the best way to do it is just go to uh, our site, you know, MLB.com, and go to the different um, – click on the different teams uh, that, you know, might need a starter and look at their top prospects. And, and uh, those are probably the guys that are in line and the Rays are prospecting for uh, if such a deal was to be made. Yeah, MLB.com, also MLBpipeline.com. And, and you mentioned, you know, what they'd like to get back. And, and obviously you see what the White Sox did in the Chris Sale deal and the Adam Eaton deal. Granted, that's a, an outfielder, not a pitcher. But it seems like in the last couple of years, it takes more prospects to go ahead and get a proven player. And in this in this situation, that would certainly benefit the Rays. And, Phil, it seems like they could, with what they've done this offseason, and we'll get into Rasmus in a minute, they could trade one of those starting pitchers, and they probably feel like they can still be competitive in 2017. Yeah, it's really almost uh, to where it's going to be a log jam. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times when you store prospects, sooner or later you've got to do something with them. And, uh, you know, they've got some proven guys up at the top of the rotation, you know, that are making some money, you know, and uh, relative to the Rays, you know, and Smiley, Cobb, Odorizzi, and, and Archer. And, of course, Archer is probably the sexiest of all of those. There I go using the word sexy again, but um, probably the sexiest of all of those because he's under control like he is. And then everybody seems to think he's got such an upside still, you know, based on how talented his stuff is. So, um you know, art off the chart stuff on any given night. So, uh, you know, what are you going to pay for that to put that in your rotation? 
And we will either find out or we won't find out. But either way, it at least adds uh, some some drama still with about a month to go until spring training. All right, let's get into the outfield. And let's start with Colby Rasmus. He's the new guy, the, the Rays signing him to a one-year deal. And I know he's been on a lot of people's lists as far as a guy who's one of those bounce-back candidates. And certainly that's what the Rays are hoping for. Yeah, you know, you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago about some of the Rays' philosophy and free agents. And you go back and look. You know, probably most recently was a Struble Cabrera. Uh, they signed him to a deal, and then he, uh, you know, came and played well for the Rays and parlayed that into a nice two-year deal with the Mets. Um, it's a good deal for both sides. Uh, you go out and, and you put out and, and, and put up some numbers. The Rays win, and, and you win. You know, you can go back on free agency the next year, and, and your value is up there. And, of course, uh, he was a little bit banged up last year, didn't play as many games as he normally does. Uh, but I think he definitely – upgraded the Rays' offensive profile yesterday. And he's bounced around a little bit. Last year he accepted the qualifying offer from the Houston Astros, which I think surprised Houston, and he, and he spent one more year there. But he hasn't had an OPS over 800 since 2013, but he's had some added power. 2015 he hit the 25 home runs uh, in Houston. Um, he hit just 206 last season. But he, you said he plays a pretty good outfield and, and there's certainly potential that he can hit, uh, maybe not for average, but a little pop. And, and from a corner outfielder, that's what you love. And, and he can also um, play a little bit of center field. And that brings us right into, I guess, the, the staple and the anchor of that outfield for the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's Kevin Kiermeyer. Obviously, back-to-back Gold Glove Awards. Everybody knows what he can do defensively. Bill, is it all about this guy staying healthy despite how hard he goes after it in center field? Is that the biggest key for Kiermaier, just getting him getting him for 150 games every year? I, I think there's uh, no argument on that. I mean, he plays, you know, all out every day. And, and last year that caught up to him a little bit. And, you know, you hope that uh, playing on the artificial surface there at uh, Tropicana Field, that's not going to catch up to him as well. But, you know, he is a – a weapon. I mean, he is a big-time impact player with what he can do out there. And, uh, you know, you can see it on TV, but if you go out there in person and see the ground he's covering and the throws he's making, uh, it's just incredible. In fact, uh, there was one play at the end of the year that I just, like, it just I dropped my jaw on it. He caught a ball at the warning track, and I can't remember who was on third base, but he threw it on the fly. He had a little bit of an arch under his throw, and it landed in the catcher's mitt, and it was a fairly fast runner. Again, I can't remember who it was, and he actually slid in and was safe. But, uh, you know, and after the game, he was a little bit upset because it was like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I wanted to put it on the line a little bit more. And it's like, you know, did we see the creation of something new that might be out there? I mean, you know, this guy would have thrown out a, a slow runner at the plate from almost the left center wall. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if we might see that, see some of that next year, you know, just, uh, you know, a, a new defensive thing that might be out there. Uh, but he's that good. I mean, you know, every night you see him do something. And he just plays so hard. Uh, you know, you'd love to see his offense catch up some. I thought it did a little bit last year. I mean, he's also a good athlete. Um, and he's got some speed. And he can, you know, uh, you know, mess things up on the bases a little bit, too. And you mentioned last year you thought the offense came a little bit. The average was down, but I think more importantly, the on-base percentage was up significantly from 2015, which I think shows that maybe there's a maturing going on there at the plate, right? Does he just look better at the plate, more comfortable at the plate, did he, in 2016? 
Yeah, and and I think uh, one thing that kind of bit him is, you know, uh, hitters go through cycles during the year. You know, when he did get injured, it was right when he was coming out of a, you know, kind of a right when he was just getting into like a, a groove and. I think that interrupted one of the cycles where he would have gotten some, you know, really positive numbers. But, um, yeah, he looks better up there. And, you know, they, when they put him up at leadoff, he looked good there. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to go with him at leadoff or, or uh, Logan Forsythe, who also did a good uh, job in that spot. Now, when you move around the diamond to right field, Steven Souza Jr. shows flashes. You see moments from this guy. Um, career highs. In 2016, in games played with 120, he hit 17 homers. Is there an impression that Souza is still getting better? Um, what What are the Rays expecting from him out in right field in 2017? Um, you know, I, I think he made some improvements last year. Uh, obviously, you know, big league level, it's always about consistency. And I think he felt like he was kind of finding that at the end of the year when uh, he finally shut it down to, to get that little thing fixed in his uh, hip. Uh, you know, which was supposedly a minor surgical process, you know, uh, procedure, but, you know, he should be good to go. Um, he plays hard. Sometimes, you know, you probably like to see him, you know, restrain that a little bit because sometimes he goes over the top, like he'll dive for a ball that's 20 rows into the stands or he'll, or he'll run into the wall when he doesn't need to. Uh, and he knows that too. But uh, I, I think probably the biggest thing he's working on is, is realizing that he doesn't have to hit a 400 foot home run, you know, that a, 330-foot home run counts the same. And um, I think if he reigns that in a little bit, we might see a little more productive production from him and maybe fewer strikeouts, and, and that would, you know, more contact is always a good thing. With the addition of, of Rasmus into the equation, how does that affect Corey Dickerson, um, Bill, who got a, a lot of time last year, 24 home runs? It seems like everybody on that Rays lineup had a career high in homers in 2016. Uh, but how will Corey Dickerson's playing time and, and – where he fits in in 2017 be affected by Rasmus? You know, that's that's a question to be answered because I was under the assumption that the Rays were going to uh, get an outfielder uh, for, you know, for left. Uh, They were going to try and get somebody right-handed. Of course, Rasmus fits a lot of other things they want, you know, and besides, you know, aside from him being left-handed, you know, he fits a lot of things that they they want. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, we're going to look look at Dickerson, mostly at uh, DH. Who knows? I, I don't think he's ever played first. But um, I, I think he, it took him a while to get used to DH last year. Like Sousa, he seemed to be kind of making strides uh, towards the last part of the season. And, and he, too, is one of those guys who, uh, you know, understands that maybe, you know, hitting 350-foot homers more often than, you know, the occasional 450-foot homer, you know, might benefit him. Uh but he really works hard, and he loves to hit. And I look for really good things from him this year. But one more, who knows what? Who knows what's going to happen? And and you know, a lot of times, you know, you get all these numbers, and I think as Rays fans are prone to do, you know, the the depth sometimes isn't quite there. And you know, you're kind of like, well, we got one guy for here, one guy for here, one guy for here. You know, it looks like they've got some nice choices. And you know, if somebody goes down, they got somebody they can fill in. Uh, I mean, just looking at like. Like the guys we were considering for left field, we thought it was going to be Matuk, Nick Franklin, and Dickerson. You know, out of that pool, um, you know, I think Dickerson's a lot to be on the team. Matuk has shown well before in the past, and Franklin made strides last year. So I, I think it's a, a pleasant problem to have. Yeah, and Matuk and Franklin were the last two guys I was going to mention. And Franklin, not really known as much of an outfielder um, until recently. Matuk obviously is more of an outfielder, but 
those two guys have some work to do, right, as far as spring training goes and, and what they're going to do as far as making this roster opening day? Yeah, I mean, you know, who, who knows what they would consider. Will, will they consider Dickerson as just a DH and they carry another outfielder? Uh, do they want to carry uh, more utility guys? I know, um, you know, you got Franklin, you got Beckham. Uh, you know, are these guys going to be the guys? Uh, you know, you got Robertson coming up maybe. Um, it's going to be interesting. But, like, yeah. you know, like they are prone to say during spring training, and it is always funny when you look at the opening day roster and then you look at the opening day roster again when it's, you know, the end of the season, you say, wow, I didn't even remember those guys being on the team. So, you know, they usually preach that, you know, we're a 40-man unit pretty much, and, you know, a lot of you guys are going to be used. And, of course, a lot of that comes down to relievers and, and starters and stuff like that, but it does to position players as well. And, uh, you know, you, you can't have enough depth, I don't think. Yeah, and this Rays team, as it's shaping up, has a good amount of depth, which is certainly good to see. And, and at some point in the season, you're always going to have to deal with, with injuries, especially you mentioned the way Kiermaier and Souza play. For them to go the whole year without at least missing a week or two with something is, is hard to imagine. So all those guys will be important at some point. So that's your breakdown of the Rays outfield as we head into spring training. Bill, each week we'll cover a different part of this roster um, but that's the outfield. Next week we'll cover something else over the next month or so before we get ready for spring training, and then we'll be at it. Uh, I know you don't have to travel down to Florida, so that's good. You're already there. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun over the next month before we get into spring training in mid-February. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Rays edition. For Bill Chastain, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.